Welcome to episode 37 of the Sports on Point podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Smith, joined on the line, as always, by the phenom, Mr. Bob Williams. You know what's phenomenal, Matt? All five of the Tat Five stayed. Jim Tressel's the man. That's right. The Tat Five. And of course, also with me in the studio here is the RuPaul of producers, Mr. Pod Severance. Work it, girl. Work it now. Do your thing on the runway. I was going to sing something else, but then you threw the RuPaul out there, so I had to do that. Welcome, guys. we got an awesome show for you today. We're going to be talking Betty and the Jets. No, actually, what I was going to sing was from West Side Story, which is that really crazy song that goes, When you're a jet, you're a jet, all the way from your first cigarette to your last dying day. And the reason I wanted to sing that is because it's the gayest song in the world, and it's supposed to be like gang members. And it's just like the best oxymoron in the world. I actually I actually predict that a dance fight will break out in the middle of the AFC Championship. Braylon Edwards. da na 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 I'm going to backflip on your ass. Awesome. <laughs> That's great. I, I, I think James Harrison might have some words for Braylon if he starts breaking out and dance. <laughs> Damn, you breaking out and dance, I'll backflip on your oh, ass. Oh, God will have words for him. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't even have to cross team lines. All right, but before we get to all the fun that is the postseason Jets, Let's talk a little bit about the NBA. Most notably, well, I don't know if it's most notably, but I'd say most unfortunately, our guy Kevin Love up there in Minnesota having an absolutely monstrous season. Number one in the league with 15.7 rebounds, and it's not even close. Uh, Seventh in the league in player efficiency rating. 27 straight double-doubles, 36 out of 41 total games were double-doubles. And this guy is possibly looking at missing the All-Star game. What's going on here? This what is what happens when you let fans choose. Is there any way... Okay, obviously, obviously, when you look at the Western Conference and you look at the players that are voted ahead of them, okay, right now, Kevin Love is ninth amongst forwards in voting, which, of course, doesn't even place him anywhere close to the smell the smell of the All-Star game, let alone on the on the roster and maybe even on the starting lineup, which is where he should be. I bet the All-Star game smells pretty bad. <laughs> it probably does, but Matt, you're, you're going to tell, tell us maybe who, who the, the eight in front of him are? Kevin Durant, Carmelo Anthony, Pau Gasol, Dirk Nowitzki, Tim Duncan, Blake Griffin, Lamar Odom, and Luis Scola. Luis Scola, really? Luis Scola. Uh, Luis Scola sh- probably shouldn't be on that list. I like Luis Scola. He's a good glue guy. He's good down in, in Houston, definitely helping them out throughout the year. Uh, All-Star, probably not. That's just me, especially when you're comparing him to Kevin Love. I, I did not like Kevin Love coming out of UCLA at all. This dude has done what he's done in the wasteland, the Siberia of America, in Minnesota. Luis Cola. And and let's let's take a look at one thing. If you look early on in the season and in the preseason, Kevin Love's minutes were actually somewhat limited in the amount of time he was participating in games, and it was popularly believed that coach Kurt Rambis was not a Kevin Love fan. 
The fact that he has not only proved Kurt Rambis wrong, so to speak, uh, he's, he's earned his minutes and he's done quite well with them. Although, if you look, a lot of the guys ahead of him are posting worse numbers with more minutes than Kevin Love, but that's beside the point. Um, it, it's also it's also impressive all the stuff that all the all the preconceived notions of his his team management, his coaches, and the media in general. The the the, the preconceived notion was that he was a, a marginal player coming into the season, and he has been treated as such. And and I think the voting by the fans has more reflected that uh, that general consensus view that has been portrayed about Kevin Love a lot more so than what it should. One of the things that I think works in Kevin Love's favor, of course, is the fact that the fans only choose the starting lineup for the All-Star roster. So, okay, we've got Kevin Durant and Carmelo Anthony. I would actually, I would actually put Kevin Love in the All-Star game ahead of Carmelo Anthony if given the choice. But uh, I, I can understand Carmelo Anthony hasn't had a bad season, and he's a big name, so he gets a starting spot. Um, and then at that point in time, the coach gets to choose who the backups and reserves are. So I think that's where Kevin Love may end up lucking out. But uh, question, Matt? Yeah, who's gonna who's gonna be the coach of of the All Star game? Oh, geez. Who's, or who is it looking to be? You, you you put me on the spot. The the coach of the All Star game. It um, should be. It's the... gonna be Popovich, right? Popovich. Oh, Pop, he's in. If it's Popovich, he's in. If it's Popovich or Sloan, those are the two guys that you're going to rely on. That it, it, they're not going to worry about big names. They're going to worry about people who can produce, people who will actually work for them. And, and Kevin Love would do amazing with either of those as his coach. Yeah, it looks like it's up between. It looks like it's up between Popovich and Phil Jackson, which. I, uh, there's a part of me that thinks even if Phil Jackson earns it, which he's a full six games back right now, by the way. Um, if even if Phil Jackson were to get it, I, I somehow don't think he would actually accept the position. I think that he would he would turn it down. Who was it last year? Do you remember? Because you can't have uh, consecutive coaching. It definitely wasn't Popovich last year. Okay, San Antonio but, was not uh, was not not a stellar team last season. No, it was actually they're, they're, kind of a down year for them, which wasn't wasn't to say it was a bad year. It was just a bad year based on their standards. Well, yeah, they had a, a lot of injuries last year. You know, whether it be Duncan or Manu or even Parker, uh, I, I think Parker last year uh, was having some marital issues. So that has to weigh on on an NBA player as well. But uh, if it was any other coach, uh, you know. I might have a little bit of an issue of it, but it, it's Greg Popovich. That's a class of the NBA. For sure, for sure, Greg Popovich. There's there's nobody in the league who does it better. And I think uh, I think the I think the fan voting. Um, I think you know as much as I as much as I will readily admit that we fans often get voting wrong. Specifically, Allen Iverson. Exactly. Well, Yao Ming. He's leading, injured, yeah, yeah. yeah he, he 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 wins the All Star vote as the number one vote getting center in seasons that he doesn't even play. That's kind of ridiculous. I believe he's actually leading right now, and he's been out for how long? Uh, <laughs> it's been at least two months. It's I all think. those server uh, farms over in China—they got people auto voting and stuff. No, you're probably actually very accurate with that. It's probably China that is a significant portion of that. Yeah. But the fact yeah. that Yao Ming has 637,000 votes compared to Kevin Love's 171—that's how many votes? 171? Have thousand. 
171,000. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say. How God. is he ninth with 171 <laughs> votes, Matt? It's been a slow year in the voting this year. Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, he does live in, or he does play for Minnesota. That yes. might be all their fans. The great white wasteland of, uh, of Minnesota. Uh, yeah, so so I think I think we you kind of nailed it on the head there. If we've got if we've got Greg Popovich, I'd say there's a very little slim chance that uh, Kevin Love does not make the All Star team. Uh, it'd be interesting to see uh, Tim Duncan, of course, listed as a forward ahead of him. If they could move him to a center position eligibility, that opens up a spot for Kevin Love, possibly Blake Griffin to sneak in there. Um, the the to me the assumption that that uh, Pau Gasol's season has been more impressive. That uh, Carmelo Anthony's season has been more impressive. Dirk Nowitzki has had a very good year, but was it more impressive? I don't know if I'd say it was. Uh, even Tim Duncan, Lamar Odom, Luis Scola. I just uh, if if I'm putting this team together, I put him at I put him at third at the lowest, behind Durant and Blake Griffin. Yeah, I totally agree with that. You know, th- there you go. Uh, throw in another small forward. We'll go with Car- Carmelo Anthony just for the fact that hey, look, he's a name. And uh, center wise, who, who else are who else are you going to roll out there? Duncan, they've done it in the past where they put him as a center, as a coach's choice, because as much as the Western Conference is a, a taller conference, it, you have s- such ambiguity between the forward and center position. Sure. Well, I think we've said it. I think this is what's going to happen. I'm going to go ahead and write my letter to the NBA. Hopefully, within a week, we will be put in charge of such decisions. Let me ask you this. I know we're probably going to move on to something else, but I mean, I think it's kind of a travesty, the type of season that Kevin Love is having, that he's not higher considered on the list. But at the same time, do you look at the All-Star game as this should be the best players at these positions representing, or do you look at it as these are the stars in each position? Because I think whether or not the player is having the year of their career You've still got stars at positions, and Kevin Love doesn't rank up there in the stars yet. At this this point, if they're going to do that with the whole star thing, they're going to have to expand the roster. Uh, Unfortunately, it's not like the NFL or even the MLB. You have five guys playing at a time. You have a roster of maybe 11 or 12, if if that. Um, There's there's not much of a wiggle room. So if you are having a player – who is having a great year, a phenomenal year like Kevin Love is having, there's no way you pass him up for a star because this is a game based on your this year's performance, not your name, not who you've been in the past. And it would be a travesty. And that was kind of what I was saying is that I think that's how – that's how we look at it as it should be rewarding the players for having a star season. Ultimately, though, I think – any business is going to look at this as who's going to sell tickets and who's going to make it an entertaining game to watch. And I'm not sure um, if the best player at the position necessarily makes it the best game to watch. You know what I'm saying? Another fair. another fair point to make, I think, is um, if you've ever watched an NBA All-Star game, you know that um, a lot of the skills that Kevin Love has has demonstrated this season would be lost skills in an All Star game because they're more concerned with scoring 150 points than playing defense and crashing boards. Yeah, it's and, showboating. And and Here you and, go. and that's that's not what Kevin Love is about. But uh, well, at the same time, at the same time, Tyrone Hill made an All Star game. 
Zdrunas Ogowskis made it made an All Star team, and hey, he is not stay a, off a Zdrunas. Sexy... He's my favorite. Hey, I like Z. I love Z. But <laughs> if if you're gonna put him to this Big Z. star quality slash over the top antics, that's not Z. And he made it. So I I, I think if you're making a, a Tyrone Hill or or a Zdrunas Ogowskis get in the game, Kevin Love deserves to be there. And, and, and I don't want to throw it too much under the bus as far as West Conference is concerned. I was just looking at the numbers. If Kevin Love was in the Eastern Conference, he would be seventh in the voting. So a little bit better off than he is right now, but still not a shoe-in for an all-star bid. And, you know, if he did was in the East, he would probably be behind Chris Bosh, but I would say Kevin Love's a better player. I don't think anybody who's watched a game this year would argue with you on that point. Now, that being said, one of the guys in front of him in the All-Star voting is Mr. Carmelo Anthony. And as we all know, this week has been a very melodramatic weekend. Carmelo, of course, being splashed across every sports newspaper headline in the nation all week regarding trades to New York, to New Jersey. There's been a lot of reaction from Carmelo himself in interviews. What do you make of the whole situation and how everything's going down there? Well, I, I, I think probably one of my favorite comments is he's not doing it like LeBron's doing it. Those are from how his actual mouth, you know, those are his words. Well, yeah, he's not doing it like LeBron, but I think he's creating more of a controversy in the season, which is kind of very disruptive to not only himself, but to the Denver Nuggets organization. Uh, he's sort of holding them hostage. They know that they're, they want something for him. They're trying to get as much assets as possible, which, as, as we found out earlier in this, or today or yesterday, Prokhorov is not playing hardball. He, you know, they're done. So they're going to probably have to rely on the Knicks if, if they want to send him there, which they, they're kind of shying away from that from the beginning because they don't have quite the assets that they're looking for. Um, and then you can't forget about even teams like Chicago and Houston, uh, who they're trying to, to get onto the bandwagon to pick up Melo, even if he won't sign there. So this is just one huge mess. So I don't care if he says that he's not doing it like LeBron. I don't know. He might be doing it worse. The one thing I will say is, is, is I don't know. I don't know that I would say worse, but I, I, I understand where you're getting at. And He's right there with it. It's it's pretty close, I would agree. The the one thing I will say in Carmelo's defense is his reaction to some of the stories that have come out um, to me indicates that uh, indicates that this thing has spiraled well beyond what he ever intended it to be. Whereas I think with the LeBron scenario, I think that uh, I think that he and he fully orchestrated the the hoopla, hula and hype and everything. Um, as my esteemed co-host liked to put it. Uh, he, he, he fully orchestrated the media circus that it was, whereas Carmelo Anthony, when, when being confronted about, hey, are you meeting with the Nets this week, he actually gets offensive, gets offended and says, look, this is, this, is the, this is the office work. This is not what I'm here to do. I'm here to play basketball. And to, to some extent, yeah, you had to know what you were stepping into when you made the comments that you made. Even saying things like, you know, move, going to New York would be, the, you know, the ultimate dream. Of course, going back to where he was born in Brooklyn. Um, so, so yeah, you, you had to know what you were putting your foot in 
when you when you made that step out. But at the same time, I do give him a little bit of credit because I really do feel it that Carmelo Anthony has had a certain amount of naiveness that has led him to this point. Naiveness. When when I think of naiveness, I think of a. Uh... A one-and-done guy coming out talking trash about how he's going to own the NBA, and he falls flat on his face. We're talking about Carmelo Anthony. We're talking about a star of the NBA, a top-three draft pick. Honestly, he knew what he was doing, whether whether he wants to admit it or not. Or, or When you talk about going somewhere or where you fully come out and say, I don't want to be here or I don't want to sign the extension here, you know, you're – setting yourself up to be put in this spot maybe not his fault but that's the way the media and our our social network works nowadays you know maybe 10 years ago even maybe five years ago if he says this okay you don't think anything of it but we're so connected and we have so much things that we want to talk about that we flood it and and I, i won't say that it's coming to the point where it's Brett Favre-like, but when is it going to end? That's what I want to know. And and when the trade deadline, hopefully, you know, we get a resolve out of this. Well, that'll be that'll be the end of one thing and the beginning of something new. It'll then become the speculation about whether that team can compete with the Heatles and the Celtics and whoever else. But uh, I I, I kind of think. I, I, I do genuinely think that Carmelo Anthony does have a lack of had, did have a lack of, of foresight in what he was doing that's kind of led him to the to position he is because I think from the get-go he set off to be specifically the anti-LeBron in this case where he was going to be really for, forthright and forward with what he wanted. He wasn't going to lead anybody along. He wasn't going to tell anybody lies or anything. He was just going to assume that if I said, look, I want out of town, I, I want to go to this place, that place, or the other, that people would respect his decision and they would they would be okay with it. And, of course, the city of Denver is is – is just sick, I'm sure, about this whole situation. And uh, it, it really hasn't turned out to be much, if any, better than the way LeBron handled it. But at the same time, if you look at the intent, uh, you know, LeBron was quoted as saying things like, it's going to be bad no matter how I do it, so I might as well do it the way I want. And I really don't think that that's ever been the mindset in Melo's camp. I was just going to say, no matter how you slice it, I don't think Denver feels like they got kicked in the nuts they they're probably upset at all this hula but <laughs> at all the uh the hula surrounding carmelo but i don't feel like they got kicked in the nuts on the other hand i think probably everybody in cleveland and northeast ohio felt like they got kicked in the nuts so i actually look at the way that carmelo's handling himself and and i say it's it's applaudable that he's at least trying. Well, give him an, give him an E for effort, but a D is what's required for a passing grade. So, well, that's where that's where we stand with the whole situation with Carmelo Anthony. Make sure you guys hit up the website, hit up the comments, message us on Facebook, let us know what you think, and uh, we'll be we'll be interested to hear what uh, what the fans out there in the public think about Carmelo and his. Wayward ways. His wayward ways of (laughs) weighing things. (laughs) So when you're a jet, you're a jet.
Are you guys are you guys kind of excited for the uh, for the Pittsburgh and New York AFC Championship game? I cannot contain my excitement. <laughs> I can tell. I am actually, so excited. The the, uh, the way things uh, actually played out, this is this is not a bad foursome here with uh, Chicago, Green Bay, Pittsburgh, and the Jets. So I. You know, it, it seems like it, it's on a good track. So uh, I actually have Sunday off. I don't think they're, are they playing Sunday or are they playing Saturday? I don't know with playoffs schedules. Oh, for the love of criminy, usually the the championship games are played Sunday. I, I think one's like a one. I think one's a one o'clock game and one's a four o'clock. No, oh, so I have off, so I actually get to to watch them. Oh no, no, one of them's a three o'clock game and the other one's a six thirty game. So they both both games are on Sunday. Okay. I just kind of want to make a little observation about the Jets in this circumstance. The Jets, to me, are a team that wins games off of emotion. They get themselves psyched up. Don't get me wrong, they have talent on their roster, but that talent, as we've seen throughout the regular season, is fully capable of laying eggs, and they've done it on multiple, multiple occasions this year, including, of course, the 45-3 to drubbing by their rival, who, yeah, they beat them last week, but it just goes to show that they do have that ability to kind of fall off the face of the earth. But um, if you look at the last two weeks, the last two playoff wins that they had, the team that knocked them out of the playoffs last year, the Indianapolis Colts, of course they got up for that game. It was a big game. That was a team that ruined their season last year, ended it, sent sent them home. And, 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 of course, as a team in that position, you're going to get fired up. You're going to get psyched up. You're going to talk some trash, which they did. Um, then, of course, the next week you've got the rival New England Patriots for the third matchup of the year. And, of course, we all know that the trash talking was beyond any levels we'd even seen before as far as NFL matchups are concerned. And they came out emotional. They played with a fire and a vengeance that uh, we haven't seen from them really all season and they won that game. Now we're coming into a matchup against the Pittsburgh Steelers, which let's let's be fair, the the Patriots are the pretty boy in school. The the guy who's popular has a lot of friends, gets a lot of the things that he wants out of life, but really nobody likes him. Right. And uh, you talk trash to that guy, you say what you want to say, you go in there, you punch him in the face, and everybody kind of looks at you and says, hey, all right, it's about time somebody punched that guy in the face. But then you look across the field and you see the Steelers, and that's the guy who's been taking shop class and nothing else for all four years of his high school class. He's not smart enough to graduate in anything other than a vocational program. And let's be honest with you, he's got a reputation for beating the crap out of everybody, no matter who they think they are. So the, the, the Jets come into this game timid. They come into this game singing praises of their opponent, which when have we heard that from Rex Ryan? It, it, it kind of seems to me like the Jets are backing off from who they are because to me, who they are, or at least who they thought they were, is who the Steelers actually are. Yes and no. Uh, this is a very obscure reference, and uh, God, God rest in peace, this uh, this gentleman here. Uh, you just described Heath Ledger in Ten Things I Hate About You. Uh, I would compare the Jets to uh, <laughs> the uh, dorky, geeky kid who has to show the new kid around 
the school um, who wants to be cool, but who really might not be cool because they just haven't had the recent uh, maybe success that especially the Steelers haven't had. Uh, if I if I were the Jets, I would definitely agree that you need to be timid. You 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 need to watch what you say because the Steelers have been known and have always been known as a as a team that's gonna if if you talk trash to them or if you do anything to them, they'll smack you right in the face and not care about it and they'll keep doing it over and over and over you know it's not named the uh, steel curtain for for nothing uh th- this is definitely uh a team that the the jets uh offensively in in the postseason they've been very balanced matt very balanced you know they've had over uh, 130 yards rushing in each of the games and uh S- sanchez has had just under 200 yards so you know as as a coach or or as a as a fan you're looking for the 200 100 balance and they've been right there on the offense balance is a whole heck of a lot easier when you're playing the colts and the patriots than when you're playing the steelers no i i I agree with that so it it's going to be interesting to see if they can sustain that I guess my I guess my thing is is the Steelers sure they have a reputation for being the guy who punches you in the mouth when you say something out of line, but at the same time, how did they get that reputation? They got their reputation by being who they are, doing what they do. And let's be honest, what the Jets do is what they've done the last two weeks, not what they're doing this week. I really feel like their quote unquote respect for the Steelers is taking them out of the mindset that's been extremely successful for them. Yeah, I, I, I honestly can't wait for something to happen this week between now and, and the game. And someone on Pittsburgh is going to say something that provoked someone on, on New York. I, I, w- I would love to see Rex Ryan to say something. Uh, I would like someone to call out Braylon Edwards because this team's very intimate with Mr. Dropsy. Uh, they, they, you know, he really didn't have too many good games against Pittsburgh when he was in Cleveland. And I, th- I think they can do the same thing. They can shut him out and shut him up. Now, on the other side of the league, of course, the NFC Championship matchup uh, is, a, is a you know historic, a historic league uh, division matchup rivals the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I I really feel like while this one looks good on paper, I don't I don't uh, it, it, I I feel like if the Bears hang in and and keep this game close, it's because they've they've taken their home field advantage and used it to their full advantage. I I, I don't think it, yeah, Green Bay has the offense. They have a, a very solid defense. Uh, if it. If they're gonna win, they're gonna win on the shoulders of Aaron Rodgers. Maybe this is the coming out party of Aaron Rodgers to, to fully put him on the same level as a Brett Favre for Green Bay, because it seems like he does have that potential to, to to be that type of quarterback up there. He's sort of running into the same problems that Favre has, unfortunately this year due to injury. But their the running games can been kind of iffy this year, so he he's really had to control the game. So I think if Chicago can confuse him or contain him it should be somewhat of a close game yeah the 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 two teams split by the way they split their first two matchups home team winning each time um i i i kind of felt like the 20 to 17 victory in week three by the bears was a little bit tainted by a lot a lot of penalties and mental mistakes by the packers i don't think they make those types of mistakes anymore 
But all in all, looks like it should be an exciting Sunday for football. Looking forward to the Super Bowl matchups. Of course, my only remaining team that I have left in the dance, of course, being the Green Bay Packers. So obviously I have to pick them to win the game. Um, you had the Bears going, didn't you? I think I might have had either of these teams. But, yeah, I'll, I'll go with the Bears. Why not? All right. So you've got you've got Bears versus who? What's your Super Bowl pick? Uh, out, out of out of these four, I I like Pittsburgh just because I, I again I, I the Jets they're kind of timid as, as much as it pains me and I'll be rooting for the Jets I really will because I don't want to see Pittsburgh succeed but they've been there they've done it I, I'm 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 pulling for personally a a Packers and Steelers Super Bowl I guess I shouldn't say pulling for it I'm I'm predicting it. Uh, a Packers-Steelers Super Bowl. I think the NFL execs would be extremely pleased, as though they're two of the biggest fan bases in the country. So that uh, that kind of works for uh, for the NFL on a couple of different levels. But uh, hopefully, like I said, hopefully we'll see some good football on Sunday, and uh, look forward to look forward to the Super Bowl, and of course this year Pro Bowl coming the week after the AFC Championship game. So don't forget we got a Pro Bowl next Sunday. Hey, yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> it's 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 better than the system before it, but still, Pro Bowl's a hard thing for me to get excited about. Yeah, it. I, I'm more interested in the NBA All Star Game because, hey, look, it's in the middle of season. Who knows might who might get hurt? Knock on wood. NBA Actually, is a I'm lot not, more. Not, NBA is a lot more entertaining when nobody plays defense than the NFL is. Uh, maybe, maybe not. Depending. You know, so offense is sort of sexy. Not gonna lie, when you have high-scoring games, you're hey, look, anybody can win. I remember Cleveland, the Cleveland and Cincinnati game a couple years ago, where they both scored like over fifty points or something like that, fifty forty-five. That was a crazy, was awesome. entertaining game. Exactly. So who says, who says defense? Well, defense Matt, wins championships. Matt says that. Defense wins championships. <laughs> offense. Equals Offense energy. wins Pro Bowls. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, this has been Sports on Point. We hope you guys enjoyed the show. Please send us your suggestions on how we can improve our show and comments to feedback at signsportsonpoint.com. You can also call our show at 646-39-POINT, 646-397-6468. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Let's pretend I said something clever right here. Hey, I'm Ooh, like, that was awesome, Matt. That I'm, was totally awesome. I like it. <laughs> I'm like Percy Jackson, but instead of lightning, I steal thunder. <laughs>